it's it's just at least had me on pause. But that's also from the standpoint of we're going to a Rose Bowl. Correct. Which, you know, you need depth come January to make that push. Welcome to the quarry. This is the first Anokin podcast presented to you unofficially by Hinkle's Hamburgers. Boys, it's good to be back. It's great to be back right now. It's good to be back. Season two. Season two, episode one. You know, many wondered if we'd make it back. We all knew. The real, the real thing is new. We all knew. So, just in time. Just in time. We have a lot to talk about, certainly. Um, a lot of things happened in the offseason. A lot to look forward to. Wanted to start with the transfer portal, transfer portal and how it affects this coming season. Um, a lot of news coming out as recent as this morning. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on everything? Guys coming in, guys leaving. Samson James leaving. How do we feel? Kurt? I mean, I think the Samson James leaving honestly shows where we're at as a program more than anything else. Um, you know, the additions of Carr, Handy, DJ Matthews, those are all awesome, but I think fact that we have a four-star running back that people were really high on leave shows that a we have depth like on any other at unlike any other at running back but also the fact that you know we're not praising every four-star that comes in now you know we're 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 a fucking program did you guys see dmc's comments i think it was last week on carry distribution yeah. I did not. There's a lot of people saying it was a foreshadowing of of the transfer where he essentially just said, like, you have to earn the opportunity with me before you earn the opportunity with the staff and or like with like Sheridan and Allen. And he said he was like, I don't care if you're a walk-on, I don't care if you're a scholarship. Like you have to be able to perform in the position drills to get the carries. And he, he specifically mentioned Spiegel, uh, Irvin, Irvin Poindexter, whatever, whichever, um, and uh, Chris Childers, all by name, uh, without mentioning anyone else. And there was also reports that Spiegel was getting carries with the ones, I believe, at points off and on during training. So I, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's obviously still a work in progress. I think there's still plenty of people that spread carries around. Do I think come Saturdays that anyone besides Carr, Baldwin, or Ellis are going to get meaningful touches now? No. Um, but it's interesting. I think, and I actually sent a text to you guys about it, and we didn't expand on it at all. I think the bigger departure 
potentially is Mackenzie Nora, which no one seems to know a lot about his departure. But he had announced in January that he was going to be back for a sixth season and is now no longer with the team. And there's no explanation beyond that. But losing a starter like that on the interior of the O-line, kind of big. I mean, especially the O-line, I think, is the, probably the biggest question mark going into the offense this year. Um, you know, can they have more consistency than last year? And you still have Powell and, and Caddick back with some experience and you have Carpenter stepping in but Nora really would have I think cemented it as more of a point of strength than potentially some question marks and I'm I don't know I would I would just like a little bit more explanation as to what happened but I don't know if we're gonna get that but it's puzzling yeah I agree that all was pretty bizarre um it would have been nice to have some O-line depth, certainly. But I do feel comfortable with the interior O-line as it's set now, Katie and Powell. I still think that's a solid O-line. And touching back to the running backs, I think it probably says a lot about Tim Baldwin that Samson James transferred. I because agree. that's a guy that's going to be around at least two more years. And if he's, like, very clearly RB1, Samson knew he had to get out. That's what I think happened. I've been reading a lot that Tim Baldwin's looked great. It it makes sense to me. And it's sad to see Samson go, for sure. But I don't think he was going to see many touches. Yeah, I think he he just kind of, at the end of the day, he wasn't – he didn't have the explosiveness – and he wasn't producing a ton of yards after contact, at least last yeah. year. You know, he, he was, he, I mean, outside of that Purdue game two years ago, like he's, he's done not a lot for us. Like no. he was pretty no. bad last year. No, but he's not, a, he's not a, he's not a member of IU football anymore. So we'll focus more on people on IU football. Who is I'll I'll start with a little bit of like a kind of a, like a quick thing of who do you think is the most impactful transfer? Who's the transfer you're most intrigued with? And who is the one that, so, I mean, a little bit different from impactful. Who's the one that you're excited about? You're not intrigued and want to know like why they transferred, but like, you're like, I'm really excited. I think he's going to do really well, but you're not certain he's going to make an impact day one. Okay. Um, Who I think will be most impactful is DJ Matthews. Just kind of stepping into that WAP role. Um, I think it's going to be a home run, certainly. Um, Interesting is the one today, John Haynes, like there were no rumblings of anything happening in the transfer portal as far as I knew. And yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he fits in. Like we were just talking, like could play safety, maybe some Husky. It's interesting. Stepping into arguably the deepest position room on the team 
three weeks before the season starts. Right. As a yeah, right. Three weeks before the season starts, which is crazy how that was starting SEC experience. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, What was the third one? Someone that, like, you're excited about. Like, upside swing. We'll see what happens. But, you know, maybe a bit unknown commodity. Um, this is someone I just don't know a ton about, but whatever his name, uh, Buckley from, where is he, A&M? Yeah, yep. A&M. I don't know a ton about him, but SEC wide receiver transferring to Indiana, like, it's hard not to be excited about Where do you that think in and of itself, I guess. I don't think you'll see a lot of the field this year. Um, I mean, it seems like, you know, you got Freifogel Marshall. He's not going to play slot. Probably behind Swinton and Hewitt. I don't know. He probably won't play a ton this year, but. He's a grad transfer. No, he's not. He had. Wasn't he a junior last year? He was a senior last year, but he missed the season. So maybe he has two years. But it's technically his fifth year in college football. Gotcha. I thought he had two years. I could be wrong, but. It says on the IU roster that he is a graduate plus. It must be something with the COVID rules where he has another year, like a six. I don't know. I'm unfamiliar with how all that works, honestly. Okay. I like those. Kurt? Um, I I think overall, you can't go wrong with Matthews being, like, biggest impact probably, or I think he hangs at it perfectly. He's just going to be filling in for a WAP. And, I mean, technically had more skill coming out of high school than WAP, that's for sure. So we'll see how he actually develops with us um, and how that sorry excuse for a program, Florida State. But honest, I think you just got to be the most excited about Stephen Carr, just actually having a five, former five-star product on the team, back with the greatest running backs coach of all time. I'm pretty excited for that, to be honest. And I think, for me, I, I'm, I think. The most curious one for me is, I think, Ryder Anderson, honestly, not as much why, but I feel like everything I hear from him about him is that he's, his production has just been better than advertised. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes, obviously. But he, I'm excited to see how he does. And he's got the, he's got the physical measurements for it's like 6'7", 240. So, he's a freak of nature. I'm just curious to see how he actually does. Okay. What are you thinking, Dave? Uh, who, who are your picks? Let's see. Let's hear this. I'm I'll, I'm willing to say I'm not nearly that high on DJ Matthews. Oof. Why's that? Uh, I don't know. I think the limited production, given the opportunities he had at Florida State, concerns me to an extent um i also am a little bit surprised and i know it's only 
a preseason uh, depth chart, but that he – I don't think they had him as kick returner or punt returner. I think Correct. they opted they opted for Reese, which I also don't really get because if I was IU, I would rather trot out DJ where you have a ton of depth at receiver anyways. If something were to happen and he gets hurt, you're fine probably. If Reese goes down, that corner room's in a bit of trouble. And I also don't think Reese is nearly as explosive as DJ. Is he maybe a little bit better with the ball? Sure. And is that what you want, particularly on punt return? Sure. But that had me a little curious. But I also just think the depth of options that IU is going to have over the middle also potentially limits DJ's impact. I think, obviously, he's the most explosive playmaker in the wide receiver room from a speed and after the catch ability. But I think with Hendershot, with potentially David Ellis, with potentially A.J. Barner, and I'm also going to throw in Hewitt there. I think Hewitt thrives actually over the middle in a big slot kind of role as well. He made some tough catches across traffic. I don't think he's afraid to put his body out there. Matthews, 5'11", 160. You know, I don't know, in a November game with some big-time linebackers, like, I don't – that's tough. It's tough. I'm not quite as bit, as high on DJ Matthews. I think he's going to see plenty of targets. I think we'll see how his impact is. So, I'm – I don't know yet. But the one I'm most excited about is Ryder Anderson. I'll say it. I think instant impact day one. I think he – will be the best pass rusher that Tom Allen's had in his tenure. Um, and I think he's also a, a three-down guy. I think he's going to be solid against the run. It seems like he's a leader along the D-line. He's experienced. I'm I'm really keen on what I think Ryder can do for the defense. And to a lesser extent, sticking along the D-line, I think Weston Kramer is going to play a very valuable piece and in the interior defensive line rotation really I, they want to keep those guys fresh and i think he's going to have opportunities on some situational plays to be a stopgap behind co behind demarcus in person i think he is d tackle number four um and i think he makes an impact um Kind of like the puzzling intrigue ones for me. I just looked at it and cross-checked. It is Buckley's last year of eligibility. So I am confused. Is it? It is. I am confused as to why he's coming. Hmm. Unless I I don't know. Unless the staff him, if the staff's gonna play him over Hewitt and Swinton, fine. Am I convinced they should or that he's better or worthy of it? No. So I don't know. You know, may not move. It's a very, at all. it's a very weird and interesting problem to have figuring out playing like sophomores or juniors rather than transfers or not. Right. It's a very I weird problem have, to have. I and in the same vein, I get that same vibe with Haynes. If Haynes eats into your ability to potentially develop, let's say, Bryson Bonds, what do you do? 
Right. I would probably opt to play Bonds, especially when you have uh, the middle McCullough coming as, you know, probably the future Husky, if I were to guess. But um, you've also got um, – where is he? There's someone else, I believe, coming in at safety next year. Maybe not, but um, I don't know. I think it's interesting, and it's, it's absolutely a good problem to have, and people are absolutely going to get hurt throughout the year, and that depth is going to be tested, and it's going to be invaluable. But Buckley and Haynes puzzle me. So they're my puzzled ones. My intrigue slash excitement one, hands down, is handy. Yeah. I don't think they've seen a specimen like that along the D-line or even really across the defense in a while. Like Marcelino fits that kind of like freak athlete. And I'm not convinced his long-term fit is at the bowl because I'm not sure about his ability to necessarily drop back if needed to into like a flat or a soft zone. But I think he could be a game wrecker. And I'm not sure that it's this year, but I'm really, really hopeful for Jaron Handy in his future at IU. So I'll say that. I also think, and and then I'll move on, but there is a chance Dellen McCullough will be asked to take some snaps at corner, particularly if there's injuries. And I think he might need to be ready, which I, my, I've talked at length about the corners and my opinions of them, but I think he's a surprise transfer who could see the field. I agree. He could see the field, um, but you're right. It would probably take an injury and it's the Rose Bowl year. So that's probably not happening. I mean, yeah. I mean, with the, He's a young transfer, but even though, like, if as we kind of start to pivot, like, maybe towards the 2021 recruiting class and its impact, there's not an immediate route to playing time for any of them except for James Evans. Which, actually, the word about James Evans is that he is already has a stronger leg than who is it? Uh, who was the punter before? Aussie dude, what was his name? Yeah, I know. There's another Aussie guy. Um, I can't remember. Whitehead. Whitehead. Uh, Whitehead. So, I mean, you just said, you just plugged them in. It's literally just they're pieces when at this point they from said, Australia. I mean, Evans didn't even know like how to strap on the helmet and shoulder pads or like figure all that out, but that he has a stronger leg than Whitehead. And that, like, we're probably in for an erratic year. But in a year or two, like, in a year or two down the road, he's real deal. That's interesting. I had not seen that. That's very interesting. I think, yeah, you're right. There's not really there's not really a path for a lot of these guys to see immediate action. Like, no one is I, going to be – 
starting games this year, barring like catastrophe. I think sales is the other one. And I said that in the article. I think if a tackle goes down, there's a chance he, he gets the call up. Maybe not immediately in the middle of the game. They'd probably uh, yeah. throw Haggard and like Rafferty in there because they have some experience. Right. If he has a week to prep. I think his raw talent's better than either of those guys. That's fair. But I, I don't know. But I mean, yeah, we're, we're stretching. They've said we're that Holloman right. could see carries, but stretch. Yeah, stretch. And yeah, it seems like it's been. I don't know. It's, it's becoming it's becoming a cool normal-ish thing that not a lot of our freshmen are seeing the field anymore, seeing big minutes anymore. I guess. Right. Which I mean, like obviously, I mean now you kind of look at like you probably redshirt almost all these guys, which is a good thing, and you're right. able to do it because of COVID, because of the transfers. Right. Like you look at like how teams are going to have to manage their roster size, and it's like. You know, they're probably going to have to strategically not redshirt some guys to continue to, like, churn the program turnover and bring in fresh talent every year. But at the same time, you have to strategically redshirt people to preserve that eligibility. So, like, right. you know, I don't know. Like, obviously, you're going to probably redshirt McCoy if you can. Right. Um, but – you know, I don't know. There's probably people that they won't redshirt and is the rule out there for years because you don't want those guys sitting on the roster for five or six years if you know that, especially the way the recruiting is trending, they're probably going to get leapfrogged in the depth chart in the future. Right. Can they already transfer out? Sure. But I wanted it's to, uh, this to is kind of, this is kind of changing pace a little bit. This is something I brought up to you guys the other day that I want to talk about on air. The first coaches poll came out, first preseason coaches poll. We are ranked 17th. The Wisconsin Badgers are ranked 15th. I wish I could say I'm shocked. But I'm not shocked that we're as low as we are. Like I'm not super surprised by that. But, I mean, we went into Madison last year with our backup quarterback and beat them, and we are returning far more talent than they are. So, like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck is that all about? I mean, it's just name. They just – you know if it was roles reversed and it was – we were in the situation Wisconsin was, we wouldn't be ranked, and then – Wisconsin would probably be like number 10. Right. I will say this. In somewhat of the defense, Wisconsin tends to uh, outperform whatever preseason ranking that like the media and other people would give them. I think they are a well-coached team. I mean, Jim Leonard's a hell of a defensive coordinator. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, but no, are they a better team on paper or in practice than I? I would say no. But they're a well-coached team that will win games that they otherwise would not be in. So, you know, 
especially in the Big Ten West, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have a good year, but they're not gonna win ten games. Correct. I don't know. It's uh, I'm not. I guess I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked that we are not getting the respect that we probably all believe we deserve. But yet again, good for us. We will have some great gambling lines on our Indiana Hoosiers this year, and we'll Don't likely make started. lots of money. Don't get me started on plus five against Iowa. That's for a different episode. unbelievable. Dude. Different episode. Unbelievable. Different episode. Yeah, we, we have some <laughs> free have money that. coming soon. Before the line moves too much, though. Um. Okay, so given some of those talks on the portal and on the incoming recruits, what are your, you know, I wrote a bit about it. What are your guys' thoughts on the depth chart? How do you interpret, you know, your perception of what you saw from the guys returning versus, um, you know, the two deep that was released versus your perceived notions of, you know, what you've read, on some of these guys, who's going to step up, who maybe, you know, gets leapfrog, depth, concerns, what it means? Um, I will start by saying, and this is stuff we've already touched on a little bit, but it is, it is just something noteworthy and a little bit interesting that clearly grad – guys transfers are getting playing time over incoming slash young guys i think that's very noteworthy um i've been basing most of my understanding of our depth chart based on the two deep that came out a month or so ago um and when it came out nothing really shocked me at first besides tim baldwin being rb1 but Kind of since then, the more I've been reading, everyone thinks that is that's great and that's fine. Like he's clearly RB one. Um, but I will say I was pretty shocked that Bryson Bonds was not on the two deep depth chart they released. You're really all. high. You you've always been high on Bryson. I, I know. I I love Bryson Bonds. Dude. I thought I thought he was pretty solid last year when he saw the. I thought he was solid. I thought I thought he would have been starting in Jamar's place this year. That shocked me quite a bit. And I want to hold out hope that by week two, he's leapfrogged back into the starting lineup. Really? Yeah. I mean, he'll be playing in the Idaho game regardless. Yeah, true. But I, I just... He was better than Raheem Lane and Jawan Burgess last year, as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's hard to not be better than Lane last year, but fair. But it's true. I, I don't. Bryson Bonds, week two, starting safety. Mark it down now. But yeah, really, yeah. I, I'm not super shocked by the depth chart that has been released. Um, don't have a ton of gripes. 
besides Bryson Bonds. What are your thoughts? I posted my thoughts. If if you want to read them, you know, we would encourage our our fans to give them a look and send feedback. I'd I'd love send feedback. I'd love to argue send with in a comment section and back on the pod. But I I mean it's hard to not get excited when you look at it. It really is. I have questions at corner and I have questions at online O line depth. Outside of that, don't have a lot. But I mean, luckily, Taiwan's been durable. Reese can get banged up, hasn't missed much time. Uh, Jalen can get banged up. Again, hasn't missed much time for it. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if given the relative safety depth, if Lane didn't see more time at corner than safety when it's all said and done. Obviously, spot for bonds his, too. <laughs> obviously, is his role most likely going to be he comes in on passing downs as a safety and he's just covering like slots? And so it's a pseudo corner role anyways, probably. But you look at who's behind those three corners, it's Larry Tracy, Larry Smith, Chris Keys, McCullough. Uh, and, I mean, kind of they need to just get to some walk-ons. Um, so, I don't – I'm. It, unless one of those, one of the Larrys or Chris Keys, like, is ready to play now, and if I would throw a flyer out there that I think Keys might be, I also think Larry Tracy Keys? might be. But there's been rumblings that Keys is is looking good. He's listed on the depth chart. He is. Yes. Yeah, the too deep depth chart that is. Yes. But it's a concern. I mean, we're going to see good passing attacks, notably Cincinnati. Um, obviously, Ohio State brings back, uh, was it Garrett Wilson and Olave? And yeah. uh, Ruckert at tight end. They're going to get tested. And obviously, it helps that the strength is the safeties. But... I mean, if we're healthy, it's not an issue, but. Right. And that's, that's the thing. You're right. Um, corner corner uh, depth and O-line depth are concerns. But I guess talking about corner specifically, our starting three corners could be the best cornerback group in the country. Yes. You know, and like our starting O-line, it's not, you know, it's not the best O-line in the Big Ten by any means, but. It's gonna be good. We're gonna we're gonna have a better run game than last year, certainly. So like, the problems that worse. we're talking about relative I'm, to, I'm definitely nitpicking because the depth at other places is experienced, which is unique. Like even at linebacker, James Miller has seen a lot of time. Aaron Casey has seen a lot of time. Tom Allen has seen a lot of time. Newly married Tom Allen. <laughs> newly wedded congrats tom newly wedded congrats. dearly beloved 
It's okay to invite us. And um, who is it? Uh, is it Cam Williams? He's seen a little bit of time as well in some spot. Like every position you you look across, D line, tons of depth. James Head, Jonathan King, Alfred Bryant. Uh, you know, Bonhomme, Ziemba. There's the depth is experience. He's got to play. So the concern at the depth is more out of the unknown, which if you believe in the talent development of the program, isn't an issue because it should, you know, the, the cream rises to the top, as some would say. But it's it's just at least had me on pause. But that's also from the standpoint of we're going to a Rose Bowl. Correct. Which, you know, you need depth come January to make that push. Correct. So, I don't know. But everywhere else, I'm I'm giddy. Yeah. Agreed. Giddy's a good word. This I mean a lot of things have been but this is the fucking limit for this team, dude. This is easily the best team we have ever had. What is underachieving for this team? I think underachieving would be anything shy of nine wins. Nine might be borderline underachieving. You think nine, nine wins, wins you can you can get into a New Year's six game with nine wins. You can, but it's tougher for our a program like us to get into a New Year's six with nine True. wins. You have to have True. a little more name recognition um, to pull that off. And granted, you know, this year we are a little more behind just last year where everyone just kept doubting us, which you know really enjoyed that, especially when we whoop every team's ass. But I, I, I don't, and I know I'm setting myself up. Just think we're, you know, gonna kick Bama's ass. But I don't. Know, I, I think nine wins, nine wins is borderline for me. What would you say, David? I'd say underachieving is seven. Okay. I mean. So, yeah, I mean, pessimist, pessimist view here. You, you drop Iowa, you drop Cincy, you drop Ohio State. You probably drop one of Penn State or Michigan State. We never play well in Happy Valley. Never. We're not dropping Michigan State. I, I, don't, I don't think, think we're so. dropping Michigan State. I don't think so. It's homecoming, but it's also like, are we looking ahead to OSU? Trap game? I don't know. That's going to be what Michigan State says. The old brass platoon game will never be a trap game. <laughs> but then I would also say somewhere in that stretch of at Maryland, at Michigan, Rutgers home, Minnesota home, you drop at least one of those. Probably one of the away games. But at the same time, Greg Schiano's always got a bag of tricks. Sometimes it gets him in trouble. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, personally speaking, 
that would be five losses right there, correct? Iowa, Cincy, Ohio State. Yeah, that'd be five. I would be disappointed if we had five losses. Which puts us at seven and five. Yeah. That's the pessimist view. And those losses could be through injuries, could be through poor play. Um, but, I mean, the other kind of looming question is, I think it's fair to be a little – say the jury's still out on Nick Sheridan. I thought I some of the play calling was pretty questionable. He did come out and say COVID made install hard and the offense should look actually fairly different this year. And it helped that he returns most of the production so that you're really just – you're not starting with the playbook from day one. You're starting from kind of where you picked off – like started off – you're starting from where you ended. Um, but also, Warren, I mean, obviously he wants to keep the defense the same, but what does he functionally understand about where the defense's strengths are, where its weaknesses are, when to call which plays? He kept, obviously, like the entire staff below, which is good for continuity. But if Warren's the one calling in plays... I don't, you could, I don't know, you could see some, I think, I think some of the personnel choices, some of the play calls, it'll be interesting. You know, is he going to use corner blitzes? Does he have to use corner blitzes? Um, things like that, I think could be interesting. It will be very interesting. Um, I guess, yeah, the jury is still out on Nick Sheridan, but it, it's hard to, it's hard to be disappointed in someone when, like you said, COVID year, your star quarterback getting injured, like, eh. The run game needs to get figured out, certainly. And I believe it will, but I don't know. I have full confidence, I have to say. And I, I don't know. We, and you know, with the rankings coming out and all that, we're 17th, Iowa's 18th, and they're favored in Vegas, all that. I, like, if we don't win week one, I will be a little disappointed. Like, we, I think we are far better than that. I think Wisconsin is better than Iowa. No bias. No bias. Yeah, I agree. Certainly. I think it's important to note, too, I feel like this year really solidifies where we are as a program for the next few years. If we can come out this year and really play strongly and finish, keep closing out those games that we actually did last year for the first time, I think as a program, as, you know, where Tom Allen is truly as a coach, shows that you know we are continually trending off and it's not just a one year little we got lucky and you know not a flash in the pain yeah um okay well i think we close this out real quick with who we predict our breakout player is anyone doesn't matter who not just transfers new recruits anyone on the team I think this one's fairly easy, but I think Dave Ellis, um, I think we're going to see him absolutely weaponized on offense. Um, That's spicy. Very spicy. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of him out of the backfield, especially with Samson leaving now. Um, and I think we're going to see that regardless, but I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for the – not trickery, but 
somewhere in between trickery and misdirection stuff. I, I think it's going to be fun. I think Dave Ellis is awesome. He's going to be a stud this year. Okay. Kurt? Um, well, last year I said Samson, and he had the worst season ever and then transferred. So I, I said Rashawn Williams, so don't, don't feel too bad. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> I think David had, like, the best prediction. I think I said Jamar. I was all over Jamar. I'm pretty year. sure you did, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Reese, actually. Um, I think – his tackling last year really surprised me. I feel like he didn't get enough credit for it. There's a lot of times where he it was between him and a 40 yard gain multiple times and he open field tackle a lot. I think we see even more improvement from him overall. Um, and especially, you know, with our corner spot, you know, looking a little iffy right now. Like I think he, especially with depth, I think if he plays strong and, you know, keeps trending upward i think we see a big year from him okay um i don't know i could go a lot of different directions i think it's tough to pin a breakout just because of how set the depth chart is with mostly returning players like if i were to say someone who i think could potentially improve a lot but i don't think would break out i actually love demarcus elliott especially if you can get more production off the edge and free him up on more one-on-ones inside and you have CO eating up doubles, I think DeMarcus Elias can wreck. Um, So he'd be one that I don't really think necessarily breaks out, but I think he just will have better opportunities to show his skill set and talent. Um. But as more of a unconventional breakout. Um, so I kind of told you I'm fading DJ Matthews. I'm also, Henry, unfortunately, I'm also kind of fading Dave Ellis. Really? I am. I will go out there and say I'm, I'm not on the Ellis train. Okay. I did not like what I saw last year at all. Um, I, want it, I want it to work. I will say that. I think there's like a Naheem Hines kind of thing with him that could happen, which is very Indiana niche. I understand. That was so Indiana of you. I'm going to say AJ Barner. Really? I think he's gotten a ton of buzz. And I think he, I think he's ready to be a tight end that IU has never had a weapon really that good we're not very good at using tight ends historically ian thomas was underused um ted bolzer was underused bolzer was underused i think he's faster than hendershot i think he's more of a mismatch i think if they find him ways to get him one-on-one with linebackers he can flourish and i think Orson really won't see the field much at all unless it's a very obvious run situation. So I think Barner is tight end number two, and I think Hendershot tends to get dinged up. I'm ready for AJ Barner to step in. Do you see us running a lot of uh, two tight end? Uh, 
I don't. I think our wide receiver depth this year is so much better than past. But I think that if teams are going to test the O-line and blitz a lot, yeah, you could see a lot of two tight ends where they're chipping at least, especially to keep Penix upright as well. But I'll digress. Alas, I digress. Well, I'm sure we will have another episode soon. I want to talk a lot about 2022 recruiting. I know you guys do too. I'd like, to have, more... I'd like to have an outlook, see still a broad season outlook call. Oh, yeah. And then an Iowa preview. I think we can deliver that. I think the fans, the fans want us to. We give the people what they want. That is true. Yeah, All we... right. Well, for today, do you guys have anything else? What's well, that? Oh, yeah. All right. Listeners, I will leave you with one final thing, and that is L E motherfucking O. Love each other, baby.
Sipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsipsips